Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include a plug for third-party verification services, my interview with AIM Group's Katie Sweeney on mortgage happenings in Washington, D.C. and mortgage broker training programs built specifically for wholesale mortgage professionals, and why rates finally decreased yesterday. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for modern lenders. Nexus Closing's full menu of closing options, including traditional, hybrid, and full e-closings, supports your preferred workflow with single sign-on convenience that makes it possible to close on a home from anywhere. To learn more about Nexus Closing, visit simplenexus.com. Once things were so tough for me, I worked at a cheap pizza shop to get by. I needed the dough. (laughs) Things are tough out there, and the other day I caught my dad's cap myrtle at his keyboard, apparently trying to show my new niece how to apply for a loan to buy a fishing boat. I know, there's a lot going on here, just hang with me. Anyway, up on the screen was a website that will generate a pay stub given whatever information you provide. How'd you like to be an underwriter with that out there? Hence the need, obviously, for some kind of third-party verification service, right? Meanwhile, companies large and small continue to sell servicing rights in packages, large and small, in order to raise cash. Servicing is, pretty much, all a lender has in terms of net worth. And when their servicing is gone, well, dot dot dot. And for a good bellwether of the general industry, yesterday we had Loan Depot's Q2 2023 financial results. To Loan Depot's credit, forecasts were made a long time ago that in 2023, money would be lost. And they were right. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show AIM Group's Katie Sweeney to talk about mortgage happenings in Washington, D.C. and mortgage broker training programs built specifically for wholesale mortgage professionals. She's the CEO of the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts, and since 2020, she's overseen the day-to-day operations of the AIM team by spearheading partnership development, membership growth initiatives, and business analytics. Previously, Katie served as the Senior Vice President at Arrive, where she successfully brought to market a revolutionary portal that provided an all-encompassing technology solution for wholesale brokers. I want to start by asking you about AIM, or the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. Can we get a little elevator pitch here? What is it? What what goes on there? What are the goals? Yeah, so we represent mortgage brokers all across the country. So there are lots of trade organizations out there in the housing space. We work directly with mortgage brokers. So we have about 70,000 members in all 50 states and down in Puerto Rico, basically anywhere that residential lending in the traditional U.S. model is available. Um, We have grown in the last six years quite a bit. So we were originally started in 2018. Um, We've grown a lot in that window of time, as I mentioned, up to about 70,000 members. We represent Uh, between 20 and 25,000 small businesses across the country. So most of our members are anywhere from three to five people. We've got plenty of members that have much larger organizations than that, but the traditional mortgage broker is licensed in a handful of states. They're hyper-local and they work directly with their neighbors. And so we're bringing a trade group to the table that was left out for quite some time. The housing space has really lacked representation for mortgage brokers and the consumers that they serve. And 
as mortgage broker market share started to climb about 10 years ago, we were in single digits. And as that has continued to grow, the association has grown. So we've gone from um, eight to nine percent market share 10 to 12 years ago to today where we're creeping very close to 25 percent of housing transactions are done by a mortgage broker. So we are a new trade group, but a very loud trade group. Um, and we're very proud to represent all of the small businesses that serve consumers across the United States. That's an incredible amount of members. And so on, yeah. on their behalf, you were recently in Washington, D.C., and, and you and others just spent two days there. Who'd you visit? We visited so many people. So a little context for anyone that's not familiar. We have a celebration in the middle of the year every year called National Mortgage Brokers Day. We've got lots of lenders that now celebrate the day with us, but AIM established this day, I believe six years ago. It was a little before my time with AIM, but I believe in 2018 or 19, we established the first National Mortgage Brokers Day just to bring awareness to what consumers can, how they can benefit from working with a mortgage broker. Fast forward to today, that date has really shifted to bringing awareness and education to Washington, D.C. So our objective starting this year and every year going forward is to make sure that legislators, regulators, anybody in an elected role or a position of power in D.C. that has the ability to create, manage, maintain any sort of regulation or legislation that impacts home buyers. Um, that we have conversations with them and that they understand what mortgage brokers do and who our trade organization represents. So we met with, this year, we met with 36 different congressional offices, I believe. Um, and then we had another 15 elected officials, so representatives um, from different states across the country that were able to join us for a reception that evening. So all in all, over 50 different conversations with different members of Congress and their staff, talking to them about all of the issues that are relevant to mortgage brokers today. More importantly, all of the issues that are relevant to home buyers today. Um, our conversations in D.C. are very consumer centric, um, as are most of the conversations around a mortgage broker's business. We're very focused on the end consumer and their experience and what opportunities they have to get into a home. So it was a really great, we had over 100 mortgage brokers that we trained on how to be local lobbyists, how to work with their elected officials back in their home states. And we were able to take all of those folks and coordinate a wide variety of meetings all happening within a single day um, to help celebrate National Mortgage Brokers Day and bring awareness to some of the challenges, but also the opportunities that exist in the housing space right now. So in, in these 50 plus conversations that you had, what were the specific goals with these elected officials or, or with these congressional offices? Yeah, so we had a few. Um, most of them were relevant to, the goal was to make the conversations as relevant to the elected official as possible. So there were state-specific issues that we were talking about. One that we've been working on since the beginning of the year is called the Disabled Veteran Tax Exemption Proposal. Um, so we had that conversation with quite a few different officials, depending on what state that they serve and what area they serve. Um, but that is a really, our goal there is to make sure that disabled veterans have access to as much buying power as possible before going through the home buying process. So I won't bore you with all the details right now, but that was one of the things we were really focused on. At the federal level, we're very much focused on the one of the more recent bills that was introduced 
Um, we refer to it anecdotally as the credit trigger bill. Um, it was introduced by Representative John Rose from Tennessee. Credit triggers have been a hot topic for people for a very long time, but it's really sort of come to a head this year with the shortage in housing supply combined with all of the analytics and data services that are available today. It can be very overwhelming for a consumer to not understand who they're talking to or why. And a lot of that is due to the purchase and utilization of credit triggers, particularly outside of standard operating procedures as it's currently intended to be regulated. Um, we also talked a lot about a bill that's been introduced in the House and the Senate called the Helper Act. Um, it would bring a new mortgage product to the table specifically aimed at helping first-time homebuyers that are police officers, firefighters, EMTs, really any of your first responders that are um, trying to keep those leaders within the communities that they serve. So for focusing on down payment assistance programs, but also this new mortgage product that the Helper Act would bring to the table. Um, and then we were able to have some really great conversations directly with regulatory bodies. One of the very first meetings of the day was with the VA. We had a great conversation with our Veteran Homeownership Committee that was able to go meet quite a few high-level officials with the VA, talking about how to improve veterans' home buying opportunities, different product utilization, education that's currently lacking, um, and some guidelines that we think would be easy changes for the VA to implement across the country instead of going through the legislative change state by state. So really very broad sweeping. Our goal with these conversations is to target state-level legislation, federal-level legislation, regulatory change, but then also the awareness and education component of advocacy. Each of those things brings a different conversation to the table, but all of those things working in conjunction with one another is how we're going to see the housing industry move forward. So I'm going to feel bad asking this because with so many different <laughs> conversations, uh, you know, it's such a wide variety going on, but, but in general, what's, what kind of reception did you receive from politicians? It was incredible. We had, um, I mean, within 24 hours of walking out of those meetings, we had three of those representatives sign on to support the Helper Act. We followed up with, I believe, 18 additional offices that had requested more information on either supporting the Helper Act or the credit trigger bill. Um, and we've had quite a few that have offered to engage with our group going forward. We have two that we expect to host at a Black Homeownership Roundtable that we'll be hosting in Atlanta later this month. Um, and we've had a couple of others that have invited us to participate in their upcoming events that they're hosting back home to drive awareness around minority homeownership, some of the challenges that first-time homebuyers are facing right now. Um, we've had a couple that have offered to partner with us on an HBCU training program that we plan to launch before the end of the year that's focused on bringing new, fresh talent into the mortgage industry with training programs, grant programs to support small business launches. Um, all in all, I would say it was pretty incredible to see. And I think one of the advantages that we have as a trade organization that represents small businesses across the country, um, we're a very grassroots group. We started as a Facebook group quite literally, AIMS first um, sort of codification of the entire organization grew from a Facebook group of mortgage brokers sharing their challenges with one another, 
from different states and bringing those conversations to the table. So when we work with elected officials, we have information available to them on how many members we have in their district, how many small businesses we have in their state, what the economic impact of mortgage brokers in their specific voting district actually looks like, how many of their constituents worked with a mortgage broker in the last 10 years. We have all of that information to provide to them. So we find most officials are very interested in the conversations that we have One, because we know who their voters are and we know which of their voters are also members of ours, which is very important to an official in an elected role. You've got to make sure that you can keep that role going forward. So it's good to know who your voters are. But also we're able to show them the impact that we have directly with consumers. And that's where I think some other trade organizations in all industries, not specifically housing, any industry out there they usually represent big businesses. That's how trade groups are grown. They represent big companies who have very specific interests in DC, but that can often mean that you're very disjointed from the people who the company is intending to serve. And we don't have that challenge. We are talking to consumers every single day. My president of advocacy who travels to a lot of these things with me is also a mortgage broker every day. So in between these conversations, he's talking to consumers about buying a home or refinancing or battling the market or figuring out how to put more offers in or how to make their offers stand out. He does that for a living. So we're able to bring a different perspective to the table that I think has been missing and is still missing from a lot of other industries out there. And this next question is going to be a little tongue in cheek because uh, it actually put a big smile on my face that that this trigger leads thing is something that Congress is addressing. Because I know that's a, a huge source of consternation for so many people out there. But generally speaking, do you think Congress knows what a mortgage broker is? <laughs> um, you would be surprised at how many don't. So I know it was um, it's really interesting to see. Congress is so split right now. You've got folks that have been around since the 90s and early 2000s, but you also have so many people that are relatively new to serving in elected roles. And so they're not as familiar with the housing crash. They haven't been around financial services for extended periods of time. So it really is a mixed bag. When we walk into a meeting We try to not have preconceived notions about anybody's understanding around the differences between a mortgage broker and any other kind of loan originator out there, because you truly never know. Uh, We find that often we're talking to uh, staffers that maybe haven't reached the point in their life where they are prepared to buy a home or they're ready to settle down. They don't know where they want to go. So they haven't gone through the process. When we talk to officials Sometimes we'll hear them say, oh, yeah, my loan officer from my, you know, my local bank did that. And then we'll find out they actually worked with a mortgage broker 10 years ago. So much confusion around the word broker. For so long, it was such a dirty term. Nobody wanted to be called a mortgage broker because there was so much blame that was thrown onto the broker channel in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, And now broker is kind of a sexy term again. People like it because it equals choice and it equals um, the ability to shop around. When you think about an insurance broker, that's your expectation. And so there really is a lot of confusion. That's a big part of our job is that education and awareness component is making sure 
that first and foremost, when we sit down, people understand what a mortgage broker is and how to identify them, and then how we operate differently than loan originators do in other channels. But um, it's a mixed bag for sure. Some people who we would have expected to know all of the details needed a lot of educating, and then others who we did not expect to have a ton of experience have known a lot more than we expected. So you just have to walk into it with your ears open and know that it could be level one education or level 10 education. And as soon as you figure out how to navigate that, you can move the conversation forward. Well, now that brokers are back and brokers are sexy, <laughs> what what should those what should those brokers watch for in the coming months from Washington? We've got a lot of things cooking in DC right now. I mentioned a couple of those really big initiatives at the federal level. Uh, that our members have been asking for for quite some time. We've got a lot of different conversations happening around different products or programs that might help alleviate some of the home buying challenges that exist right now. We're also partnering together with a couple of other trade organizations in our space to create a variety of coalitions so that we're looking at the health of the industry. Um, I think that's a really exciting thing for mortgage brokers right now. We've been you know, in the grand scheme of things, 18 months of knocking on doors isn't that much. But for us and for small businesses that like to move very quickly, we've been knocking on doors for a while of housing and not just in a microscope of what matters to brokers, but what matters to the mortgage industry, what matters to the housing industry and to the consumers that are being served. And how do we make sure brokers are a part of those conversations? Because we do represent such a large segment of the market today. And we're starting to see that come to fruition. We're getting invited to conversations that are meaningful. We're getting invited to participate on housing coalitions to talk about what the next two, three, 10, 12, 20 years looks like, uh, which I think is really exciting. We've also got some industry health proposals that are rolling out at the end of the year that are talking about some current uh, regulations that have been enforced by the FHFA that we would like to see some changes to. So. Our goal is to make sure that we always have one foot in each of the areas that matter the most to us, and that is legislative at the state and federal level, regulatory, and education and awareness. Those are the three pillars that we're going to continue to focus on. Uh, we have an updated data study coming out in the next couple of weeks, and then we have a new data study that will be coming out sometime in the third quarter. Um, we might be rolling it out at our national conference at Fuse. I think that's the plan right now. So we'll have it available late September, early October. But we've got a lot of things we're working on. We've really sort of used the last year and a half to establish ourselves as a group that should be taken seriously. We focused a lot on building a very pragmatic and very rational reputation. We're an easy group to work with. We're focused and we're very opinionated, of course, but we're also hoping to be a part of collaborating to make the industry better for everybody. Um, and we're really proud of that. So the Broker Co Action Coalition has taken off like a rocket and uh, I expect it to continue to grow. We doubled in size in the first year and I would expect next year to be no different. And finally, before I let you go, for those that are looking for more information uh, or love to become a part of this, what, what are the best next steps? Yeah, visit us at aimgroup.com, A-I-M-E-G-R-O-U-P.com. You'll find all the information about all of the different programs that we're working on. From there, you can click to all of our advocacy initiatives to learn more. 
Um, join the Broker Action Coalition. It is free. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to be a mortgage broker. You just need to be somebody who's interested in improving housing for consumers um, from coast to coast. We're focused on very consumer-centric initiatives and topics through the Broker Action Coalition. So anyone can join and stay up to date on all of the initiatives we have, both at the local level in their state and also at the federal level. Um, and lastly, join us at FUSE. AIM FUSE is our national conference that we have um, at the end of the third quarter every year. This year, it is October 4th through the 7th in Las Vegas at the Paris. You can find all of that information at aimgroup.com as well. We'd love to see you. We're going to be doing, um, we've expanded our summits this year. So we have our Women's Summit, the WMN Summit, our Diversity Summit, and our VA Summit that are going to be longer and larger this year than they've ever been in the past. We have some great speakers that we'll be hosting out there this year that we're very excited about, um, including the chief economist from Fannie Mae will be joining us, Renee Rodriguez, Matt Ishbia. I'll be speaking there as well. We've got a lot of really great topics to touch on, um, and it's just a great community. It's a great network to be a part of. The, the broker world, one of the biggest advantages it has, I think, is its willingness to help. I think it's inherent to being a small business owner. You want to help your neighbors. You want to help your friends. And it's no different wanting to help other brokers that are having similar challenges or trying to navigate how to grow in other markets. Everyone wants to pitch in and help out because when um, when brokers grow, the channel grows, and that's just better for everybody. So we'd love to see you at Fuse in Vegas if you can join us. Um, but you can find all of that information on aimgroup.com. Very well put. Katie, based on uh, how enjoyable it was to hear from you today, I don't know if you need to even mention any other speakers. It might be might be worth going just to see. <laughs> but, uh, thank you. Thank you. I very hope much. so. I try to keep up with the rest of the group. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Robbie. Weak economic data out of China yesterday, where trade plunged more than forecast, a blow to the country's recovery, helped to spur a slight flight to safety over here in America causing bonds and MBS to rally. Aiding that move was Moody's Investor Service, announcing that it had downgraded 10 small and mid-sized American lenders, and that it may do the same with a handful of major firms. Philadelphia Fed President Harker said that the FOMC may be at a point where rates can be held steady to allow past rate hikes to take full effect. The September Fed Fund's futures agree with him, with only a 12% chance of a rate hike currently priced in for the next FOMC meeting. The December futures see about a 1 in 4 chance of one more rate hike by the end of the year. Once the Fed signals that rate hikes are over, it will go a long way towards decreasing bond market volatility and ultimately help to bring down rates. Today's calendar kicked off with mortgage applications from MBA, which decreased 3.1% from one week earlier. The only other thing to note on today's calendar for those in the mortgage industry will be a treasury auction of $38 billion of 10-year notes which follows yesterday's $42 billion three-year note auction that was met with a warm reception, which stopped yields on five years and shorter tenors from rising any further. We begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged from yesterday, and the 10-year yielding 4.02 after closing yesterday at 4.03%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. My friend said that she wouldn't need a cow's tongue because it comes out of a cow's mouth. So I gave her an egg. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, an NCNO company, developer of mortgage technology, uniting the people, systems, 
and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution. Learn more at simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.